Welcome to I Must Break This Podcast. This is the fan podcast celebrating the cinematic career of action legend Dolph Lundgren. Welcome back to I Must Break This Podcast. This is the fan podcast where we take an in-depth look at the filmography of action superstar Dolph Lundgren. I'm your host Sean Malloy and today is another special unique episode. Now, on the last episode, Jeremy Damasu and I discussed at great length one of the shining achievements in Lundgren's filmography, 1995's mercenary flick, Men of War. Recently, I had the pleasure of chatting with the director of Men of War, Perry Lang. Perry Lang has an extremely impressive Hollywood resume with experience both behind and in front of the camera. In this discussion, Lang and I chat about his recollections shooting Men of War in Thailand, working alongside Lundgren, assembling the cast of mercenaries, his extensive work in television, and his upcoming film, An Interview with God, set to be released wide on August 20th. It was the ultimate privilege and honor being able to speak with yet another talent for this show. So, for your listening pleasure, is my conversation with Men of War's Perry Lang on I Must Break, this podcast. John? Hey, Mr. Lang. Hey, how are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Well, I really appreciate this, so thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. No, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. I don't know if I told you this or not when we um, were first corresponding, but I've always felt that Men of War is one of Dolph Lundgren's best films, and a lot of the film's success I have to give to you because, you know, I always felt that Men of War is an action picture, sure. It's a war picture, yes, but it's all of those things with heart and emotion at its core. So thank you for taking the time to talk with me today, um, not only about this awesome slice of 1990s action cinema, but just about your career in general. Oh, sure. Um, I'm I'm happy to do it. Um, I am um, fortunate in that I have another film coming out that seems good. And uh, so um, that was, Men of War was a long time ago, and um, even though I've made a kajillion hours of television in between uh, these two movies, um, there's something special about movies that does not exist with television, no matter how quality it seems to be, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, well, and I understand, you know, Men of War, this was filmed, what, you shot this 24 years ago, 23, 24 years ago, is that right? Yeah, yeah, um, in Thailand. All, all in Thailand except for, I think we had one day in Chicago. So I'm just curious, when was the last time you sat down and watched it? Sean, <laughs> I don't. It's been <laughs> decades. So, um, but weirdly, I've done a couple of interviews late in the last year or so, a couple of years on it. So I was noticing that a lot did come back, but still. Anyways, it's, you know, touch and go. Well, it's an amazing movie. And I, yeah, like I said, I, I just had a few questions regarding um, th- that particular shoot, its production, as well as your work in TV. So, yeah, this, this is the ultimate honor. This is the ultimate treat. So thank you for taking the time. I'm curious, before you, you know, prior to directing Men of War, you had been acting in films for over 20 years. Is that right? 
Um, not, well, not quite that long. I started when I was 17 in, tel- in television and film, and I think I did Men of War when I was 34, 33, 34, something. So, you know, it's, you know, but it's, it was, um, but not quite, but close, yeah. Okay. What, what, what was it that, if you can go back this far, what was it that gave you the directing bug? Um, well, I, you know, I really, um, admired a lot of directors that I worked with. Um, I never thought I would be audacious enough to think that I could do it. Um, weirdly enough, I just, when I was 19, I worked with both Sam Fuller and Steven Spielberg on movies. And, um, and then I, um, I was always shooting eight millimeter film, and um, and weirdly, I don't know if you can hear that. It's a very loud helicopter going over, which doesn't really happen here in Santa Barbara all that much. <laughs> um, but um, anyways, um, uh, and I was shooting a lot of eight millimeter film, and um, in that case, Spielberg gave me his camera to shoot all of the eight millimeter film that I would ever want to shoot and um and it uh it, it, it you know it was like oh my gosh steven's giving me you know his camera and reams and reams of eight millimeter film and um and he kept saying well look we're going to go over it and uh, you know i was on the film for seven months so i kept bugging him steven steven um when are we gonna hey steven when are we going to go over it and uh, he goes no i just don't have time right now but we're going to do that so the the next time I saw that footage that I shot, or some of it, was in a, an extras package on the um, the DVD. Um, so that was a long time later, and um, it uh, it you know it wasn't all. I, I can't remember what I shot, but some of it was mine. But um, it it said directed by Steven Spielberg, so uh, it was you know. And again, I don't. It's not like I'm saying, "Oh, Stephen ripped me off." I think he's just, you know, somebody said, "What about 1941? What was it like?" He goes, "You know, I think I have a bunch of eight millimeter film from that time," and and gave him piles of eight millimeter film, and that's what happened. Okay. Well, now, and Men of War. This was one of your first, um, was your first big drop job directing a production. I know that you did. Uh, a smaller film, uh, Little Vegas, uh, prior to Men of War, was it intimidating at all? Um, going from going from acting to directing this this big uh, action war picture that it was, or did you just dive right into it? You know, I didn't feel intimidated. Um, it was sort of I, I had a lot of maybe false confidence. I don't know, but but I um, the hard thing there was working with um the producer and um uh Moshe Diamant. The, the the actual producer who was on the movie and Andrew Pfeffer was great. Um but um hard, you know, it's a tough guy, but fair, I thought. Andrew was a former federal prosecutor. Um the project came to me uh via uh this guy Arthur Goldblatt who we had both done films for my first film for uh, Larry Estes, 
which is part of this RCA Columbia home video program that uh, Sex, Lies, and Videotape came out of. And Arthur did a couple of movies with Larry and um, always liked my movie and said, you know, I'm doing this other movie. I don't think you're right for it, but I think you're a good director. Uh, let's talk about it. And uh, and I read um, – I I had known John Sayles um, primarily as a friend and then um, did, I think at that point, yeah, I'd done um, a couple of movies with John. I had done um, – Eight Men Out, and he was in. He was an actor in Little Vegas, and um, uh, he had offered me a part in Brother from Another Planet. I'm not sure what else we had done at that point, but um, and so I said, you know, John is a friend, and um, and John made a call on my behalf. That was great, um, and that original script of John Sayles was really um, amazing. I I only wish we could have filmed that, but we weren't allowed to. Uh, we we had to change it into uh, more of an action movie. So um, when uh, I went to Moshe and I said, you know, this is a great script, really, we would be stupid not to make the script. And Moshe said, action movie, action beginning, action middle, action end, action movie. And uh, so I was like, okay, right. And the and the last thing that John told me, he was off working when we um, we went to do this movie. John said, look, if you don't get fired, this this could be really good for you. And um, so uh, I kept that in mind, and I kept you know pushing the producers in ways, um, but trying not to get fired as well. That's one of the things that I thought was is is so amazing about the film, and one of the things that I feel makes it stand out and is memorable is the fact that it, the initial screenplay was written by you know John Sayles, who is this Hollywood legend. Um, I, I would I would love to take a look at that original script. It, I, I realize it was a while ago, but what are if you can remember what were some of the big changes between his script and what was ultimately shot? Well, yeah, that's pretty easy because. Um, his original script was a bunch, they were a bunch of, you know, tough guys that ended up going to this island and 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 um, separating as they do in the film, half come back as the invading force and half stay to protect the island. But um, the, the last act of the movie was, you know, the action part. Everything prior to that um, is really... I wouldn't say set up, but it's a really wonderful, engaging drama. I mean, there's always the threat of, you know, violence everywhere. And then, you know, and then it's delivered on in the last act. Um, but, um, you know, it's, and and Moshe could have been right. Um, I, I rem recently I watched, um, is it, what is it called, Across the Yellow see um it's a korean film i don't know if you've seen that it's an action movie um about a cab driver that goes from north korea to south korea and um to to you know i won't give it away but but it's uh it's really a wonderful action movie and um and i'd watched it i think maybe once or twice even before i said to my son 
look, you know, let's watch this together, you know. And he got about, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes in it, and he goes, Dad, this is not an action movie. And I said, no, 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 it really is. I mean, once it starts, it is like crazy. It is this, you know, rolling, you know, ball of action. You know, you gotta, you gotta, just got to stay with it a second to to get into these characters. And he's like, no, I can't do it. And um, <laughs> so... Um, so you know maybe Moshe was right. Maybe Moshe had this idea that um, um, you know an audience won't stick with a movie. But I, you know, action and thrillers. I, you know, there's sort of a French idea of that um, in um, you know some some French thrillers I've seen where they really dig in a character, and I just love that. Um, but this there's an American shorthand that. Um, people, you know, like and expect. So that was the difference in my film is that we added the um, the the sort of the bad guy um, played by, uh, oh, my God, he was so great. He's such a good man and um, a good actor. Um, the Trevor Goddard? Yeah, Trevor Goddard, yeah. <laughs> and uh, sorry, Trevor... I love Trevor. I mean, I, it, uh, me not remembering his name is only because it's so many years ago. And uh, but Trevor was a really wonderful man and um, a spectacular actor. I'd seen him in a stage play um, um, in um, in L.A. and um, just thought, oh my God, this guy is great. And uh, and he was he was so facile and so good, and uh, we really had a good time. Uh, uh, working with him, but um, but that character was added by um, uh, Cyrus Morris and Ethan Reese, um, who did a pass on the script, and um, and they were you know they they did a lot of really good work on the script, and um, uh, but again, is I mean it's not nothing to discredit them or even the work that I continue to do after they left the movie, it's just, you know, it's just the movie was designed as a big build to a big bomb at the end, you know, this 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 cataclysmic, you know, crash of two, you know, two of these, you know, armies that are formed on each side. And um, and you just see it coming, and when they hit, it's, you know, it's 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 a car crash. Well, and that's one of the one of the many many things that I've always loved and appreciated about the film was yeah, like I said earlier, it, it, it is an action picture, you know, definitely, but it, it has such such heart and emotion within it. I mean, this is this could be I feel if you look at you know every film that that Mr. Lundgren has done in his career, I would say that his role as Nick Gunner could be one of the most. Um, one of the best characters he's had the privilege of playing because this was this character has a real arc. It has a you know a, um, a real emotion to it. You know. Well, it's gratifying to to you know to hear that after so many years, um, and I know that Dolph has told people you know that how much he likes the film and how much he liked the experience of working on the film. He's told me as well, but other people and. Um, 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 you know, he's, you know, he's a really unique, good guy that works very, very hard. 
Um, he's uh, he he really had to figure out the acting thing um, the long way round. I mean, it didn't start with you know the quiet acting class and maybe I can do this. It's you have to do this now. Learn to act. So he you know he he really worked hard and um, fortunately his acting coach at the time, this guy Larry Moss, was a friend of mine and I was familiar with the way Larry worked. And um, so it was easy for me to sort of dovetail into his particular process. And, um, in fact, when we went back and did a lot of looping on the film um, after it was cut and we were in the mix, uh, Larry came in and we, the three of us worked together uh, on that. And um, um, I guess maybe other directors wouldn't admit that, but I, I really felt like... Uh, Larry's sort of uh, specter over the piece was unbelievable, and um, and but you know it came down to, to you know ninety nine percent of the time, Dolph and I you know sitting there working it out, and um, and it was a very quick um, shoot uh, for that much action, and um, and you know not always the easiest working conditions in in Thailand. So um although the th- the ties were just spectacular, the Thai crew was amazing. I I I'm sort of planning to go back to Thailand and Cambodia um for the next movie and um uh, and the first thing I because I have a big fight scene in the the last act of this movie um uh the the, the stunt coordinator who's still around saying is, you know, I called him and I said, you know, if, even if I'm in Cambodia, can you come work with me? And he said, yeah. Yeah. So um, he was, he was really amazing. And all the ties were really spectacular. The, um, we, uh, we were lucky enough to get Ron Schmidt to shoot it. And, uh, and that was good. And Jeff Reiner uh, to cut it. And um, so, you know, I was fortunate in a lot of ways. Also, the production design team uh, was uh, sort of a hybrid of Thais and Americans and um, and a Brit. And um, and the village we built, it, you know, was I thought they did a beautiful job with that. And it 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 was supposed to be taken down the week we finished principal photography, and um, it stayed for years and was in many other movies actually. Oh, cool! You, you, you don't by chance know the know the movies. I'm just curious. I'd love to <laughs> I'd love to go back and 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 scope them out. Yeah. Um, uh, God, you know, Trevor went back. It was a big it, it was a big movie that did a bunch of sequels. I want to think that it's from a video game. What the hell was that? Um, um, it wasn't Mortal Kombat, was it? Yes, it was Mortal Kombat. Yeah. No way, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. So um and um and I didn't ever see the movie but but Trevor's like I'm back. I'm go- back where? He goes, I'm back in our village. I go, "What are you t- Trevor, what are you talking about?" He goes, "I'm shooting in the village that we shot Men of War in." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god, you're kidding me. I thought they tore it down." He goes, "They didn't tear anything down. It's right here." <laughs> so I'm curious. At what point did did Dolph Lundgren become attached to attached to the project? If if, if you know, 
Well, he was attached before I was. He had to. He okay. had to approve. He had to approve me, and um, and I, you know, that lunch was um, sort of nerve wracking because <laughs> um, he was like, you know, what movies have you done that have action in them? I go, well, you know, I've acted in a lot of movies with actors. That doesn't help me. You know, it's like <laughs> really. Um, so, um, you know, he was just. He, uh, you know, did what everybody else did when they agreed to hire me, which was hopefully we got a chance to do something that was character-driven along with the action. Now, were um, certain characteristics and dynamics reworked to suit the character of Nick Gunner uh, when, when, you know, once Lundgren came on board that you know of? Did you and, did you and Lundgren uh, discuss, you know, for example – making his character Swedish. Was that idea your idea? Was that Dolph's idea, a combination? That was my idea. Um, and, um, and uh, um, but I think that uh, Ethan and Cyrus, um, you know, came up with the name Gunnar, you know, but just Gunnar, basically, Gunnar. And uh, so um, that was, um, um, and then we had a bunch of other sort of Swedish references in the movie i can't even remember what stayed and what left but but you know if there's um um i i, I hate in movies where you know clearly um you know it's just the name and the character doesn't line up with the person so we were able to do that and uh and that was good well, we we had a backstory um, because I was, I had acted in a movie in Israel, and I met a United Nations um, um, soldier from uh, from Sweden in Israel during the occupation of um, of um, um, Beirut, and uh, and he would come back on you know his time off and uh, hang around the set we were shooting on. Um, and um and he you know he was this you know you could see that he had been at one time this sort of bright-eyed you know blonde swedish very sweet guy but he had turned very dark and very you know um introspective with all the stuff that he had seen um up north and uh, in fact he he had taken a lot of um photographs with his pocket camera and um and and they were i mean i mean it just was horrific the stuff that he had seen and wanted us, us to to see in in these photographs and i you know that was a long that was a really long time ago and i can't get that out of my head so um that was sort of the idea that we we took a guy that was you know um, had turned dark um, by way of a United Nations peacekeeping mission, um, and and could never sort of leave the life of being a mercenary later. Well, and you know, re- regarding the the whole his whole nationality, you know, if you look at um, Lundgren's career at that point in time, he had played a Russian twice, and he had played an American, you know, a few times. But the fact that you guys embraced the uh, his Swedish nationality. 
I just loved that. And there are so many, um, there are so many little character traits. I actually watched the film just, again just a couple nights ago. But even the uh, even the weapons that he uses at the very end in the in the final the final uh, assault in the third act, his his mentor comments that you know that is Swedish. So it's the little things like that that I just loved about about the character. Yeah, yeah, and I think. Um... Oh, what's his name? Don Harvey, he's a really terrific actor, kept calling him, hey, Swede, Swede, you know. Um, and I don't know how many of those ended up in the movie, but I remember him referring to Dolph as calling him Swede. And, uh, and I thought that was good. And Dolph liked it, and, and it um, it really, I mean, he really is Swedish. And going to his house once, it, was, it was, looked like, you know, something out of a, Swedish architectural digest. Oh, cool. <laughs> now, the team of mercenaries, Dolph's teams, uh, excuse me, Dolph's team of mercenaries in the film are comprised of a solid group of just such excellent character actors who have seen pop up in so many other things over the years since, uh, since the film Men of War. I'm curious, in casting the other members of Dolph's team of mercenaries, what was your approach to selecting each of those actors? Um, well, you know, they were scripted, but I really wanted, um, the best actress I could find. Don Harvey was in, um, and out with me. Um, Tony Dennison was in my first movie. He starred in my first movie. Um, and, um, oh gosh, uh, uh, Tiny Lister was just, come on, you know, that was, that was amazing. John had actually um, uh, written the part for Steve James, and Steve James, who was a friend of mine, came in, and that didn't work out, unfortunately. Um, and Tom Wright was an old, old friend of mine, um, so um, and I, I always liked him as an actor, and um, and he, gosh, he worked so hard. They all really worked hard um, to uh, to to do this. Oh, and I was in, I was in. Um, Shakespeare in the Park with Tim Guinea. Um, so all of these guys just came in and killed it in the audition. They all had to audition. And um, and I had gone through, um, I can't really remember, but a lot of different women that Moshe said no, 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 no to. Um, Famke Jansen wanted to do it, and Moshe said no. Um, and, uh, God, you know, just a bunch of other women that really wanted to do the movie. And, um, of course, Kevin Ty, um, I'd worked with in Eight Men Out, um, but he comes also from the John Sales camp, and um, he was so great, and he brought so much to the movie um, besides his character. I mean, it was really sort of amazing, the stuff that he brought. Um he uh, he just had this, like, he goes, I got a few pages of stuff. You can hear it or not, you know, but, you know, when you have a moment. And I just, he went through, like, I don't know, a list of things. And I go, they're all great. He goes, no, okay, you know, you don't have to bullshit me. And I said, no, they were. <laughs> they're all great. And we put them in the movie. You know, they were, you know, he really had done his homework. And, gosh, you know, Kevin, it's just amazing. And, um we were lucky to have him come to the movie. Well, and you were talking earlier uh, about the late, great Trevor Goddard, who plays yeah. the villain in the film, Kiefer. 
I just love this character because you can tell that Goddard is having such a blast playing this character. He is just chewing up the scenery beautifully. I know your anger. You hired Nick Gunner to do a job on you. Okay, we'll hire you. Yeah. Tell me something. Did you hire him? Hmm? <laughs> no, he's he's my partner. <laughs> yeah, my point exactly. See, you can't hire me because I am. <laughs> I'm sorry. You don't understand. You see, uh, this is a privately owned company, and there's just three shareholders, and uh, there's no room. No room. Oh, dear. No room. <laughs> you hear that? I said there's no room. How much how much direction did you have to give him or did he come to set with his character and those characteristics and those traits already in mind? I um I I think he came with a lot of it. <laughs> um and um um and you know he was written pretty, you know, out there. I mean, um the you know the history between the two of them. Um, and, um, um, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was really very theatrical, but, um, I liked it. And, um, um, ultimately I think, uh, you know, everyone liked him. It just, it had, you know, he's not in the movie, all that much before the end of the movie. So we had to really make a splash with him early on. And, um, and he was, you know, he was, you know, he came in and, and, um, you know, that long scene where the two of them meet, um, you know, was, was really interesting. And, uh, we took a lot of chances there. I think some of them work and some of them maybe are, are not as clear as they could be, but, um, it was, uh, it was a it was a fun scene to shoot, and we did it you know pretty quickly because we spent more time than we should have on the big bar fight, and then by the time we got outside, um, you know we were, you know, pushing our luck um, <laughs> time wise. Well, I've always felt that you know action films in particular are always so much more memorable and so much better if your villain is 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 that much memorable and so yeah the the role of keeper i mean like i said goddard is playing this just <laughs> you can tell he's having fun but there are certain things about him that i just love i love how the fact he um his, his chest hair is is shaved um into what looks like a cross yeah and, <laughs> and he's also throughout the film wearing these uh these armbands around his biceps <laughs> which yeah which I, I just think is so cool yeah, I uh, know. Yeah, I think those those were his, or I think he was shaving his chest hair and said, "Hey, 
look, I, you know, what do you think of this? And I was like, <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but you know, um, in, in this case, I think, I think the actors really did bring a lot of their own stuff. Um, um, uh, Tim Guinea and, um, uh, Don Harvey, you know, Don, if you look at Don just a few years earlier in Eight Men Out, I mean, he's, you know, he's just, you know, he's sort of, you know, um, not heavy, but, you know, he doesn't look like, you know, this, you know, lean, mean killing machine. And, uh, and he certainly turned that out. And, um, and it was funny. It was, you know, we, we cast the movie and then we kept delaying and delaying um, because uh, um, Moshe had decided at one point that it should be a buddy movie with Dolph and, um, oh gosh, another actor. I can't even remember his name. Not a really good actor. Um, and um, and I said, well, it's, you know, it's an un- Moshe, it's an ensemble movie. I mean, you can't. You know, he goes, no, it's a buddy movie. Now it's a buddy movie. And he said, and and I go, well, how are we going to do that? And he goes, you write it. You write it. And he always liked my writing for some, or maybe thought he liked my writing. I don't know. You write right now. And so we we put the film on hold, and I I, uh, lived, I don't know, for six weeks or something on the beach in Phuket, and I'm, in a little little cabin and and um and wrote it into a buddy movie but I made the other actor cuz I didn't like him very much um into a mute um so he could fight but he couldn't talk and um and uh but the script was I think pretty good so Moshe didn't fire me he said okay I like script and um and then um um I you know I I know he sent it to um uh so he he said he liked it so he was committed at that point he goes I send it and the actor of course wanted to be an actor an actor's talk right so I I I think he thought actors talk it, you know it would have been a great part for him being mute but um but uh, he wasn't going for it and so we were back to the old movie and um and during that period of time, uh, they didn't tell all the other actors that they could have been out of a job. They just kept them, you know, on on hold. And um, and they would call me occasionally and go, hey, um, like they'd be in a bar. It would be the middle of the night for them, and I don't know what time it is for me, or they'd be waking me up in the middle of the night or, you know, some crazy thing. And they go, look, I was just talking to this guy, and uh, he said that everything in Thailand is poisonous like you go anywhere and they're like poisonous things everywhere and though you know it's like a regular spider looks like a regular spider but then it bites you and you die right away and i go no 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 no, that's not that's not true i've been walking around in t-shirts and, and shorts for days you know like through water and swamps and jungle and all kinds of crazy stuff i have not seen anything poisonous nothing has bitten me it's all been fine don't worry about it just you know you know don't don't go to bars, you know, you know, just, you know, you'll be fine. Just come here and it'll be, it's beautiful, it's great, it's a vacation wonderland. And they're like, okay, good, okay, good. And um, so all the actors come over in mass 
They fly from L.A. to Bangkok. They spend the night in Bangkok. They fly to Phuket. And then they have to drive 100 kilometers to Krabi. Now there's an airport actually in Krabi, but there wasn't then. And um, they come in two minivans. And um, and I get this um, urgent, you know, thing from somebody runs over and says, Perry, oh, my God, it's really bad. And I go, what's, what, what happened? What, what's bad? Did the actors get here? He goes, yeah, they got here. But they got out of the minivan and they were walking into the hotel, which is like this open air, you know, you know, jungle hotel. It's, there's no walls or anything. And and right in the middle of the walkway was a cobra, a spitting cobra, like blocking their way right in front of all the actors. And uh, and I said, what? A cobra? He goes, yes, a cobra. It was right there. It was going to attack somebody. I said, well, well, what happened? And he said, oh, the manager came over and hacked it up into little bits. <laughs> and I said, I, uh, what did I, and the actors, and I said, well, what did the actors say? They said, you're a liar. <laughs> <laughs> so it was uh, not a great way to start with the actors, but we all worked it out. Now, how did it come about you playing the role of Lyle, who in the film is this shady businessman that, that hires the, the character of Nick Gunner to uh, complete his mission? Was, was that always planned, you playing, playing this particular character, or did, was that something that happened kind of at the last minute? Well, we knew we had to shoot that part of it in Thailand. So um, that had to happen. And... Um, um, and then there was a long hold between that and then the, the one day in Chicago. So um, the 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 idea was, you know, hire one actor, and then and then um, and then I was there. I would just play the other part. And um, so um, yeah, um, and uh, Andrew Pfeffer. Uh, was like, uh, you know, okay, great. We don't have to bring another actor in, and we don't have to hold them through that whole period. And um, so, um, you know, outside of the airfare, um, uh, they came to me and they said, you know, well, what what do you want to get paid? And I said, you know, just give me what Tom Gibson gets. That's fine. Don't worry about it. You know, and um, and and I had more of a career, I think, at that point than Tom did. Um, and um, we went on to, you know, as you know, other things. Um, but um, but <clears throat> unbeknownst to me, Tom really, I mean, I, did, I gave him the part, you know, like he was staying in my house in L.A., and, you know, he was a friend, and, you know, he needed a part, and I said, you know, come to this Thailand and, you know, play this yuppie with me. And, um and but unbeknownst to me, Tom was really like negotiating, you know, hardcore. And um, and it came back to me a couple of times. Well, you know, he's really holding us up for money. He's really holding, you know, and we don't know what to do. And you know, we're in Thailand now. And you know, what do you want to do? And I go, you know, I, I said, well, can we afford to pay him? And and they said, yeah, we can afford it. But you know, it's really getting the negotiation is really getting crazy. I go, we'll go to where you can go, and then fine, you know, then, you know, we'll get somebody else if we can't do it, make it work. And um, <clears throat> so Tom ended up making a lot of money on the movie, and then I made 
you know, the same amount of money. And it wasn't in, I thought it would be just scale, whatever it was. Um, so, I mean, a lot of money, maybe, you know, I don't, at the time, you know, it was, you know, $10,000 or something. Um, but that was a, you know, real dough. And, um, um, so, uh, it was not only great for me in, you know, to, to be able to help the production and not fly somebody, flying people were really the most expensive part, um, cause you have to fly them first class. And, um, um, but, but, uh, I, you know, and, um, and Andrew Pfeffer, you know, to this day, I live in Santa Barbara. He lives not far away from me. He'll go, oh, he's the best actor in, in Men of War. He really just, he loved me as an actor. And <laughs> that was that was so great. Because, you know, the, the last thing you want to have happen is, you know, you put yourself in the movie and, you know, and people go, oh, gosh, that fucking director. Why did, why was he in the movie? Why, you know, what are these people thinking, putting themselves in the movie? I mean, that guy, oh, my God, what a bad actor. He's just all like me, too. I, I want to jump in, too, you know. And um, so, <clears throat> but I, um, um, you know, it was, it was it's, it's not fun to direct yourself. I never liked it. Um, but. Um, it's sort of like, oh, I can play that character. I'll do it, you know. Okay. Now, this was Men of War was always intended to be a theatrical release. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, no. Sorry, I'm 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 wrong. Um, it was always going to be um, a. Um, it was uh, Sony had the rights to it. And um <clears throat> and when uh when we were cutting uh we get the word that Bob Weinstein wants to come to the editing room and look at the movie. And um I'm like this doesn't seem like a you know, a Weinstein movie. It doesn't seem like a Miramax movie. And uh they said, No, no, he does action movies too, so and um yeah, so Bob Weinstein comes into the editing room and um and we were told to you know, to thread up um a couple of scenes on one of the two uh flatbeds that we were cutting on. And um and uh, I said, you know, great, we'll put this scene and that scene or whatever on the, the flatbed and he comes in and he goes he goes he was you know, sort of like a bowl in a china shop. And he goes, he goes, uh, what are you showing me? And I said, well, we, you know, we have some scenes on this flatbed here. He goes, well, what's, what's on the other flatbed? And I said, well, just, you know, what we're cutting. He goes, I want to see that, you know. And I said, okay. And we showed him the reel, you know, those those days. It was, you know, you could put a reel on, on the flatbed. And then we had two flatbeds, so there was a reel on one and a reel on the other. And he, we showed him the whole reel, and he said, "Wow, what, let's go back to what you had." And we showed him that, and he went through and he watched the whole film out of order, you know. But he watched the entire film, all the reels, and he said, "Look, I'm going to promise you two things right now." And I said, "Okay." He said, first of all, I'm buying this movie." 
okay, I'm buying this movie. And um, and I said, all right, you know, like, you know, you or Sony. I mean, I, you know, I that didn't really matter to me. And he said, secondly, I'm releasing it theatrically, and I promise you that. Um, and I said, oh, okay, well, then that's good. That's that's the first good news I've heard since you walked in here. And um, he, you know, he went back to New York, and they bought the movie, and um, and uh, we, you know, put it all together, and um, and they said, you know, come back to New York. We're going to sh- do a screening of the movie, you know, for an audience, a recruited audience, and um, and we'll do some tests. And I said, okay. So I went back to New York, and we went out to New Jersey, and um, um, and fortunately, John Sales and a bunch of friends came to that screening. But and more importantly, John Sales came to the screening, and it was it was crazy. It was so well received, and um, the audience just loved the movie. I mean, they were really into the movie. I've never sat in a movie of mine anywhere that had that kind of you know sort of crazy reaction. And um, and then we had a focus group. And I'm like, oh, oh, I hate focus groups. You know, every director hates focus groups. So we go to have the focus group, and they loved it, you know. And it was like, oh, my gosh, you know, we could have a movie that does some business here. That's crazy. And the guy from Miramax said, great numbers. I, these are amazing numbers, but we're not releasing the movie. I said, what? He said, he said we tested Dolph, and nobody wants to see Dolph Lundgren play the good guy ever. Ever. He can play bad guys till the end, the end of time, but they don't want to see him play a good guy. Well, they haven't seen the movie. He goes, doesn't matter. We're not releasing it. See you later. And, you know, and I went back to Bob and I said, you promised me. You sat in my editing room and promised me. And it was a conference call with Bob and Harvey. And um, <clears throat> and Bob stopped talking at some point. And, uh, and Harvey said, get it through your head. We're not releasing the movie. It's not going to make us money. Bye. Fourteen uh, story. Oh man. Well, you know they 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 they've always been notorious for that because if you look at their at their slate of movies, they have so many films that they you know have either sat on for years, just you know collecting dust, or ones that they've you know released without any kind of marketing whatsoever. So it only makes sense that they would have done something like this. But, you know, I stand by it. If this had gotten a theatrical release, you know, I think it would have surprised many, and it would have definitely given Lundgren that that push that his career, I think, always always needed and always deserved. Because I've always felt that, you know, he always wanted to rise to the ranks of the Sylvester Stallones or, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And unfortunately, you know, he had various, various films um, that, you know, in the post-production phase or, you know, something was going on that kind of prevented that. And it's unfortunate that, like I said, this is, I always felt one of his best films, he, his, his acting, I feel, in this one is, is at its, you know, at its prime, at its peak. Um, it, it's really disappointing to hear that they didn't have the faith in it and that they released it direct to video. Yeah, it was funny to, it was funny to have such an incredible high that night and and then have them come back and go, you know, nope, you know, it's not happening. 
And um, so, I, you know, it was really it was in, interesting uh, evening. And but the, the, the really, I know it sounds crazy, but it was all sort of worth it to get John there at, the, at that screening. And uh, John, who championed me on this and other pieces, he godfathered my first movie, and he saw his script, and he's, you know, gone on to a number of interviews and said how much he likes the movie. So that that really was um, in a, um, a clear objective for me. So that was great. Well, and going back to Lundgren's performance, you know, I've always felt that actors deliver their best performances when they have great directors behind the scenes leading them. So, like I said earlier, I feel like a lot of this film's success has to give major props for you. Would you agree, do you you think that this is one of Lundgren's best films and best uh, best performances in his filmography? Um, You know, I'm not the best person to ask about that. I had seen maybe one Dolph Lundgren movie, uh, two for sure, because I had seen one of his action. No, I, I saw Universal Soldier. Was that it? No. Um, so maybe three, uh, including the, the Rocky movie. And um, so I I haven't seen, and I haven't seen any since, um, but just because, you know, those movies just didn't really appeal to me. And, um, but I, um, but I, again, I, I, I liked him. I know what we had to overcome, you know, in the, in the piece. And, uh, and I, I think he really, you know, really worked hard on it and, um, and committed himself. And, and I know he likes it. And, um, and there's been, you know, a number of other people that have come and, We've done interviews about it, and they've said the same thing. So, you know, the important thing for me really is that he's happy. Um, I was happy, and um, I just wish that, you know, the wine scenes had taken the chance to release something that just because of test they they could have overcome, I think. I think people would have been surprised. I mean, at the very least, it would have been, the reviews would have been, hey, golf's pretty good, you know. And uh, that's all you need. You know, it's a good action movie, but Doll's pretty good. There you go. Then, you know, you have a release. Now, since Men of War, you've gone on to directing a ton of television shows. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, how, do, how does directing a television show differ from from a film of, of this particular magnitude? Well, you know, um, Men of War was not a big-budget movie. Um, so we really, I don't know how many, what our shooting days were. It was not much. And, um, but, um, um, so, um, the, the television, it's just, it's, uh, it's just not like directing a movie. It's really like, um, uh, parts of directing a movie, but not all of it. Um, you, you're sort of jumping on a, um, an already speeding train and you have your eight days and you, you cast what you can cast, live with whoever's the regular and, um, and then you're off to the races. So, um, it's, um, it's a great job that, you know, it paid for the house I'm sitting in and, um, and it, uh, is enough like directing that, um, it keeps you occupied, but um, it's not like directing a movie where you 
you know, you work with every department and um and it's that, you know, that event, that, you know, whatever it is, number of days, and then you in the cutting room and um and uh as a T V director you're um you're really sort of not making the same decisions you're making as a film director. But look, I'm I'm never gonna poo poo it. It's great. Um great money, great experience. Um by and large people respect you and what you do and and um and you you know, it's uh, it's quite gratifying to um you know, make a an hour narrative out of you know eight days of shooting. So, um, and to to try stuff and and do you know all the unique stuff you can um, uh, within the parameters that you're given, which are you know fairly intense. Um, but my fellows at AFI are like, oh, I want to direct television. Yeah, okay, but it's um, it's <clears throat> more of a job than than you know, and I don't know if cinema really exists, but you take a movie like Men of War, which is a fairly um, you know stringent genre picture, and still that job of directing is still there as it is on any movie. You're really, you know, the captain of the ship. In the case of uh, television, it's the showrunner, and you better make a show that he's going to like or she's going to like um, um, instead of the one you're going to like. I would, I, I, on, on any show I ever directed, I wanted the showrunner uh, to be happy more than me. And, okay. Um, and there's a there's a level of craft work. I mean, <clears throat> look, if you're making shoes for somebody, you want those shoes to be the most comfortable, best-looking shoes they've ever stepped into. And uh, you don't want to make a shoe that looks amazing and it's the kind of shoe you'd like to wear, but it doesn't fit them. And uh, so, <clears throat> and there's a, a real, you know, honor in doing that sort of work. Are there any particular shows that you've directed that, stand out to you or ones that you are the most proud of? Um, good question. I mean, I think there are moments here and there in all the shows. NYPD Blue was the first TV show that I directed. Um, I, um, I, um, uh, I, I directed the first um, of the series of Army Wives and um, and for reasons that I'm not. I don't know if anybody would really understand, but um, two days before shooting, we had one script, and I finally convinced the the producers to um, let um, the the writer rewrite um, the script, soup to nuts, two days before we started shooting, and we did, and it was really. Uh, I thought a really great hour of television, and I think it really helped secure that series. So to me, that was a a, uh, a weird personal triumph. But they're all sort of personal, you know, triumphs. It's not like 
anybody, although that film was, that show was reviewed with the pilot and got good notices. But, you you know, it's not, it's, it's like, you know, television directing is a basically unsung, you know, um, bit of craft work, which is fine for me. I mean, I'm happy just to keep my head down and do good work and feel like, oh, wow, that shot was great, that scene was great. And, um, <clears throat> you know, and and uh, I, but I did want to go on and, and make more movies. Unfortunately, I have this movie coming out, and that's uh, been very gratifying. Well, that was uh, that was what I was going to talk to you about next, actually. Uh, uh, what you're working on uh, today, nowadays, I noticed that, uh, yeah, you have a film that is currently in post-production. Is that right? Titled An Interview with God? Yeah, it's um, it's actually done completely. It comes out August 20th, um, and it's a... It's a very wide release, but for three days, and it's a um, it's a fathom release if you're familiar with that. And, yeah. Um, um, and it's um, um, it's uh, it's called an interview with God. It stars David Strathairn and Brenton Thwaites, who are both excellent in the movie. And um, it's a story of a journalist who comes back from Afghanistan. And his whole life is just going sideways, his work, his marriage, everything is falling apart. And he um, takes a an interview with, a, you know, possibly a kook who says he's God. And, um, and um, they have three long interviews, and they're really these beautiful, long, beautifully written. I didn't write it. Um, uh, beautifully written three scenes um, where they sort of hash a lot of things out, and uh, as this guy goes through this crisis in his life, so it's um, uh, we shot in New York City. Um, it's a you know again a very low budget movie, but has a, a lot of heart to it and a, and a lot of um, really interesting. Um, things that you don't need to be a theologian to understand. Well, I'm really looking forward to that. I, I had no idea. I actually just found out about it a couple weeks ago, um, you know, when I was doing research for this. But, yeah, no, this sounds excellent. I've always really liked David Strathairn, so th- this should be interesting. It sounds like it, it's a different kind of role for him to be uh, to be playing. So, yeah, this should be interesting. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, yeah. He um, He ends up playing a lot of, you know, tougher characters, but he's really good in this movie, and um, it um, and it was well so great because he's been a friend of mine forever. He's actually my son's godfather, and um, then um, and 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 coming across Brenton too, and watching the two of them get on and play these scenes where we shot. These three scenes, I, I don't know if it means anything, but they're, each scene is about 25 pages. So, um, and each scene we shot the coverage to suit the nuts. So all the way through those pages, we basically shot, um, except for the sort of ending and beginning, but those scenes were all just, you know, get ready, you know, get comfortable and go. And um, and those guys just killed it. They really um, prepared like crazy. And on the day, it was um, almost like theater because 
they they knew that once you know I said action, they were going to be acting for twenty something minutes and and in it you know and uh so it's it's really um um it was really a fun movie to direct because I got to sit there and watch two really terrific actors you know hash it out and uh with 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 terrific material so um and it's a uh, you know I, let me know what you think of it because um i am um i'm you know considering everything i'm very proud of the movie very cool and you said that was august 20th correct august 20th 21st and 22nd 20 yeah 20th 21st and 22nd Fathom, and you go to the Fathom site, put in your zip code, and it tells you where the theaters are close to you. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm definitely going to be looking into that. Uh, Mr. Lang, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really do appreciate this. You know, I, I know going back and discussing, you know, an experience 23, 24 years ago is probably not the easiest thing, but um, the, this is, like I said, the, this is a film that I've just always adored since I first saw. I actually first saw the trailer for this film. It was attached um, to the film Judge Dredd. I don't know if you have seen the film Judge Dredd with Stallone, but I remember the trailer for this was attached to that VHS tape back in 1995. So that's when I first knew about this film, that it even existed. But um, it still plays so well today. Great. Well, I I can't tell you how much I appreciate uh, talking to you about it. And uh, and it, it was great to go back and and uh, and go over it again and um um I'm it means a lot so I I I'm I'm grateful for your your um interest and and uh and and uh, to me anybody that teaches high school English is a hero and <laughs> somebody, no seriously somebody that should be honored and respected um in a in a very high degree you are um um, uh, amazing to do that, and, uh, and I, uh, I, I've had teenagers, and I know that they're not easy. And uh, and uh, if I had had um, a good teacher when I was a teenager, I would be able to spell today. So that would be good. Well, hey, um, thank you very much. Yeah, and um, let me let me know what you think of the movie if you see it. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Well, hey, Mr. Lang, thank you so, so very much. I do appreciate it. Um, it was a pleasure meeting you and being able to speak with you, and um, I'll let you go, but uh, have a great day. Thanks again. Okay, great, Sean. Thanks. It was great. Talk to you. All right. Take okay. care. Bye-bye. Bye.